Peace, peace, family. This is your Black Taroos podcast, and I'm your host, Tangi. And today is Word of the Week with Smitty. And guess who we have in the house today? Smitty. What's up, everybody? How you doing? <laughs> How you doing, Smitty? And I want you to let the world know what is the world of the word of the week. Uh, uh, the word of the week is dis, dis, uh, disquietude, 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 disquietude. Oh, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, uh, it means uneasiness. Uneasiness. Yes, ma'am. Uneasiness. Can you use that word in a sentence? Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about hemorrhoids on the show. <laughs> hemorrhoids, I, I think you can use the word in the sentence however you please. The little boy listened in disquietude as his parents argued in the kitchen. As his parents argued in the kitchen. Disquietude. Yes. Listen in disquietude. Like stress. Anxiety. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Can how you spell it? D I S. Uh, 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 <laughs> Disquietude. Wow. Okay, y'all. So today the word is disquietude. Thank you for coming to the Black to Roots podcast. And look, y'all, we got a fun segment tonight. Um, we're gonna touch on a couple of touchy uh, areas, and disquietude is going to play the role in how we maneuver around tonight's conversation. All right. So, disquietude, stress, or anxiety. Um, how does a child listen in quietude? I'm sorry, in disquietude. Disquietude. There you go. Yes, disquietude. <laughs> how does a child listen in disquietude? Well, you guys, number one, disquietude describes the everyday lives of black people. Okay. When you're driving in your car, you know, and you know your papers are straight, but for some reason, when the police get behind you, that's how you feel. You feel disquietude, you know, and you, you sit there with your hands on the wheel, coasting slowly in disquietude, hoping that they pass you by or hoping that they don't put the cherries on you. (laughs) Okay. Um, that is a, a way that we live every single day. And unfortunately, other cultures, other races, they just do not understand that. They don't have to live that way. You know, that constant anxiety, constant stress, constant, you know, um, distress. It, it, it's a horrifying way to live. You know, when you can just walk out the house carefree and not worried about getting shot by your own people, the police or the other people, like we getting hit all the way around the board, you know, and no other, no other group of people has to worry about that. You know, of course, we're not in Baghdad where they're over there bombing every goddamn thing, you know, when they feel like it. Um, 
we're not we're not that um as a group because ultimately Americans America does not like destroying property you know taxes and insurance and shit like that so we're not gonna, we don't have a lot of bombing over here but they use something you know they use bullets okay and it is it's crazy to to have to live that way you know disquietude stress anxiety uh that's a, it's a that's a sad sad way to be so all right earlier in in uh, my youtube videos i did um a series part one two and three of bad relationships so where where i wanted to take that is much deeper okay okay you know you you know you guys get to hear the, the more intimate uh value valuables here on the podcast but on the youtube channel you're getting like five minutes sometimes eight minute videos and i don't i don't take it any further than that just yet right so um here i want to kind of bring that back here you know um to this particular segment with these relationships now, I'm not doing a part four. No, I'm not even touching on part one, two, and three. I just want to get into the other aspects of bad relationships uh, with, with with black people, period. You know, um, how we are with our work environment, our work ethic, our relationship with business, you know, our relationship with other, other black people in business, things of that nature. And um, Smitty is still here with us. So I wanted to ask Smitty, how do he feel about black people handling other black people with business? What do you mean by that? I mean, do you think that, like, how do you feel about black people and how they handle and operate business, period? I feel like, uh, personally, every black man should know how to handle a business. Every black woman should know how to handle a business. You know what I'm saying? You have to bring in generational wealth to your kids. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You got to understand. White people ain't going to help you. You got to help yourself. So if you teach, you know, the kids business management, then whatever they do, whatever they feel like doing when they get older, you know what I'm saying? They end up, you know, dang, that's funny. That really is funny. Black people really don't care about business. At right, all. right. They don't. All they want to do is rap and rap and have sex and rap. <laughs> Bunch of booty shaking. That's it. It's crazy. Teach your kids business management, people. Jesus. Yeah, I. You know what, Smitty? I agree. Hey, family, um, I agree with Smitty 100%. You know, I believe we should be teaching the youth business so that the generations to come will be more business-minded. Now, how do you feel about what types of businesses? I mean, because for me, I'll submit this to you. You see, you, you know, coming out of Nigeria, places, you know, foreign countries and stuff, coming out of Nigeria, you see a lot of surgeons right doctors and so forth right you don't see too many lawyers and shit like that 
a lot of Jewish people you see go into law or banking, right? Yeah. Uh, finance, some type of financial sector. But then you have um, you have your you know your um, Arabs who come and they do hotels and hospitality, right? And then you have the natives who do casinos, right? And then European are like in your your different industries such as um, like manufacturing. Uh, automotive, engineering, stuff like that. Right. Now, in every culture, race, and, and stuff, you got different people doing different things. But on a on a notoriety standpoint, where do you think black people fit as far as industry is concerned? Because I personally feel like they've been locked out of industry. Like, there's nothing else for black people to do. Except, I don't know. What do you think, Smitty? <laughs> I'm, to be honest, I just don't know. See, as far as like anything that has something to do with the earth, like uh, agriculture, medicine, uh, okay, yeah, herbs, like uh, uh, skincare, caretaking, nursery, uh, doctors, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I'll say that. So you believe that black people, as far as industry, should be in the healthcare? Now, you know what? I can agree to that. I can agree to that because we are the nurturers of the planet at the end of the day. We are the progenitors of the planet at the end of the day. And melanin is rich. So the things that we have to do, like taking in the sunlight, being close to nature, um, doing herbs and stuff like that, we can't really do you know, in industrialized medicine. So with having that connection to the earth, I believe that is a sector that we should get in and dominate. And the reason is because I know that majority of conscious black people, majority of people that are uh, black people that are health conscious know that, you know, there's ways to cure diseases that should be more mainstream. As opposed to how everything is going through these pharmaceutical industries, you know, and I believe that if if we were to tap into that as a conglomerate group of people, like like you got the European Union, for example, the European Union is studying melanin, studying medicine, studying all these diseases, and it's not one black person at the table. You get what I'm saying? So you got the European Union studying your melanin how melanin works, how melanin operates in rats, cats, dogs, and humans. And they coming up with medications that you dying from, right? They coming up with all sorts of ways to kill you. You get what I'm saying? Whether they know it, believe it, or do it intentionally, that's what's being done. Because the original mouse or the, the natural mouse is brown, not white, but they use white, white mice to, to develop medicine. So therefore, there's a component taken out of that mouse when it comes to giving it, you know, a treatment for chemotherapy or something like that. There's a component missing. That melanin is gone. Therefore, that medicine ain't for you. Get what I'm saying? So where where is our union? And I'm not talking about that fancy schmancy fake ass African union. I'm talking about the real a real African diasporan. Union. 
so that we can start doing things in the medical field like we should. I'm talking scientifically, medically, spiritually. We need to really be digging in because we're at war with a mindset that is at war with nature. That is the very thing we thrive off of. You get what I'm saying? So the people that are at war with nature are at war with you because you need nature. All the other shit, the GMO and all the other stuff, you can't deal with none of that. It's killing you. So, yeah, we, we need to... Hey, you guys, anybody out there listening, we need we need a union. And even if we got a commission to somehow the African Union to step their damn game up, what's up with the, what's up with the, the science? You know, where's our scientists at? Stop sending them to... to, to where they be sending them to (laughs) you know we don't need to send them to silicon valley all right we need our scientists developing ways to nurture and nurse african people back to health okay we also need like uh joy de we need mental health you know, and I'm going to introduce y'all to somebody tonight. Um, forgive me for my rant, but Philip Shock Matthews, check his YouTube channel out. He has people on there like Professor Kaba, and he also has Joy DeGruy on his panel sometimes. So y'all need to go there and check him out. If y'all trying to get a little bit more information on the science, the psychological, you know, standpoint, um, the, the historical standpoint, how we should be teaching our kids, what what it, what is it? for us to have a conversation with the others, you know, um, it's a really deep channel and, um, I learn a lot from it and I'm introducing it to y'all. So go check them out. Philip shock Matthews, um, or Philippe, <laughs> you gotta put an E on the end of that. So y'all check it out. Um, hopefully it does you some justice, but Smitty says something that was real wild just a few minutes ago. And he says he really, couldn't tell you where black people fit in business or industry and he said it was real funny that they really don't care about business at all (laughs) you know and and I kind of agree like yeah we have a lot of new black businesses coming up we have a lot of black owned small businesses but majority of those businesses and we're talking about real statistics here um 94% of those businesses are are um sole proprietorships or single person LLCs. So these are businesses where you don't have people getting hired, you know, and the other 6% are, you know, places that are are hiring people and you know, you got your EIN and people are W2 employees. So what does that say about black business? Okay? It says that black business is okay, but black economics is not, y'all. Okay, it's there's still it's still not putting a dent in our economics. It's just a token. Few people are gaining, you know, revenues and money to live off of, but it's not doing anything for the whole. You see what I'm saying? As far as economically, so we need some more businesses that are going to hire black people. We need these communities piggybacking off of one another and um, developing these strategic business relationships so yeah 
I, I believe that if we were if we were to create that community the communal type of vibe you know we started creating uh, business relationships amongst one another and use it as a barter and trade system um, it would grow the black wealth it would grow the black dollar but then you would you would begin to see things like intentional black communities being built where there's a doctor across the street, there's an engineer across, you know, on the end, and there's an architect here, and, you know, there's a cleaning company there, and there's a, you know, you'll start seeing communities like that develop where, just imagine it, imagine having a, a whole community where you have one lady that cooks out of her house every weekend, we're talking about different levels, right, we're not talking about that classism shit, one lady is cooking dinners out of her house because she makes the best fish sandwiches in the world. Everybody likes to eat. Doesn't matter what class you are or how much money you make. Everybody likes to eat. Woman makes vegan meals and all that stuff. And she do that shit directly from the nook in her house. So you got that going on, vegan meal Wednesdays, right? Then, But across the street, you got a, a heart surgeon. Up the street from him, you got a, law, a lawyer, and up the street from them, you got a notary, uh, a notary, right? And then going the other direction, you have a butcher, right? A baker, a candlestick maker, and so forth and so on. So now you're seeing a community being built, right? Now within this community, all these people more than likely will have children, right? And these children will, should more than likely apprentice from their parents. Hopefully they do. But Think about the well-roundedness of the children if they, they all had a little play area where they all could share ideas, play in the sandbox together. You know what I'm saying? Think of what types of children they would become, how well-rounded their conversation would be, how strong their vocabulary would develop. You know, having good people skills with good people. And I'm not saying your job or your occupation makes you a good person. I'm just saying building communities where we can actually share and grow together does make you a good person. It does mean you're doing something good, you know, for the community. And ultimately that begins to spill out. But you have to start from somewhere, y'all. It's not like you, you can't have that classism. That's a European concept. You can look at people who don't have as much as you do and still gain a lot from them. You can learn a lot from them, you know? Um, because there's there's just avenues in life that some rich people will never have to face, you know? Because ultimately, a lot of times, they, they you know, when, when people who are wealthy have never had to deal with, you know, slumming it, <laughs> you find people jumping out of windows, hanging themselves, they killing themselves because they don't know how to handle the struggle. You know, you can learn a lot from somebody that struggle. You really can't. And you can teach them a lot. You know, each one teach one till you reach one, man. So, I don't know. Like, I, I really want us to stop stressing so much. You know, disquietude is a real thing. We don't need to be stressing every time we walk outside. Can you imagine the lifestyle of a child? And it's think of these babies when they going through abuse, you know, when they're in unhealthy relationships with adults or even their peers. Just imagine the, the, the disquietude that they deal with 
every single day. You know? And I believe if we build communities up and grow our communities, even if we got to start from a, a place of rental, you know, we can all just hoard to one area and begin to build that up until it's time to leave, you know, till we get into ownership. It can be done. We can hoard to to one or herd to a specific area and, and build it up. We don't have to own it, you know, outright, but we can build it up for our own comfort and then leave. You know, and a lot of y'all is going to have that mentality. Well, I'm not building up no community and this, and we don't own it. Look, I tell you like this, whether you build up a community that you own or don't own, if you don't own right now, you, you, you're in a place where you're renting at the end of the day. So why not be in a place that you're renting or amongst other people that are like-minded like you who are renting and build that community to a point where y'all have developed unbreakable bonds and relationships why not do it intentionally instead of just living the way you live in now you know so i mean like we don't need frivolous arguments y'all we really don't we don't need frivolous arguments it can be done and and the only way things like this will work if you work it and i'm really hopeful that you guys take that and 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 do it you know do it Right now, I'm in an area where everybody pretty much stay to themselves. It's one or two people that actually mingle, and that's, you know, that's the younger adults. They speak, but they don't even go out together. They don't go bowling. They don't do shit. But they should. You know, they sit out here and play on the basketball court for five minutes, and then they disperse and separate and part ways. That's to me, is, is wild. Because the parents don't, don't co-mingle. We're not having no card games where we inviting the neighbors. We're not doing shit like that here. I think that's so whack. You know, I really do. Because I wasn't raised like this. Where I come from in Jersey, shit, if the lights was on on the porch, it, it don't matter who, everybody was coming. Some people I didn't even know was showing up. You know, if the light on, they know, oh, it's a car, oh, a car game. Oh, we coming in. You know, and, and it was all love. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know what this Southern shit is. You, they call it Southern Hospitality. Everybody smile at your ass, but they fake as hell, you know? And it's a, a, a few people down here, but they not from here that I love. You know what I'm saying? Like, shout out to Miss Christy and, uh, and um, Mr. Jordan. They some cool-ass people, you know? But ultimately, you know, a lot of these other people, they really don't co-mingle with, with nobody. Um, they pretty much stay to themselves. Like, we like and style our own kind around here <laughs> that type of mentality and that shit corny <laughs> like it really is and I don't want to start inviting people and because I don't know them I've been out this out in here in the country for 10 years and I still don't really know too many people that I would want in my presence every day I just don't know I don't know people um, the ones that I do know that I can I can deal with maybe for two days in a row, and that's it for the year. I don't shit. We so we six degrees separated, you know. So I think we need to start really, really like taking an inventory, a self inventory of how we have how we build relationships with people, and why are we not doing that now? You know. Um, 
I got a, a, a book coming out called The Black Family Manual um, Part 2. And in that book, is is dealing with relationship styles and building relationships, you know, and we're we're gonna get pretty deep with that with that particular piece, um, because that's not all it deals with. But there is a section in there where we're talking about you know relationship styles and you know gender dynamics and how it affects relationship styles and how people get them confused. So. You know, we're we're gonna talk about that. A lot of our our situation is as a black people, as a group, a lot of our situation is pretty much scattered ideologies. You know, first of all, you come out of slavery, you, you, they just turn you loose, and you don't you ain't even from here. Um, so you scared to death. You know what I mean? You don't have any resources, and nobody's fucking with you but your own kind. So there was a, a, a consistent climb up for black people from that point on. They had no choice. Black women had no choice but to, to trust black men. And black men had no choice but to make something shake. Okay? So we had no choice but to fuck with each other. Because wasn't nobody else fucking with us. Um, secondly, then you had Jim Crow. So what happens after during Jim Crow? You scared to death. You fighting for your life every day. You got to worry about a motherfucker burning the house. You and your cousins just built. It's a lot of shit going on. They don't want you here. So you fighting to just survive the night, okay? You making babies and shit, but you still fighting to survive the night. So what you got to go do? You got to go befriend these motherfuckers and share crop to death just to keep your life, you know? And don't don't be a good house nigga because now you're a eunuch, okay? Now you, you getting your shit taken from you. You know what I mean? So ultimately... There, there, there's been no healing with that y'all there's been no healing and we need healing because it trickles down into today our relationships are fucked up the way that we handle children are fucked up how we don't have our own critical thinking we can't think for ourselves um we always say to ourselves like what would this person think or we behave that way like what would that person say what would this person say? Should I say that? Or is that person going to get mad? Is that person going to get angry? You can't think for yourself. You're not even your own person. You don't even know who you would like to be today. And it's not the same person that you would be Friday for the most part. So some people have uh, rid themselves of that bug or some people have scrubbed themselves, scrubbed their minds and scrubbed their souls and their spirit ties. And they, they've scrubbed themselves 90% of the way to where they, they can call themselves conscious and awake and, and staying woke, right? But there's another 10% of that that still remains, that hatred that you still have. You know, as long as you hold on to that, you're going to keep that part of you uh, locked down. You know, at some point, imagine if you lived in a world where all of the people that you hate and despise just disappeared. Right. Imagine a world where they just disappeared. Like you were no longer on a frequency where you could see them. Right. This is your issue. You woke people. Let that shit, let them go because you're holding on to them and they're staying in your consciousness. Okay? I'm not telling you to let go of what they did. I'm telling you to, to take them, remove them. Why do they even exist to you? You know? Make them not exist to you. 
the worst thing that you could do with an enemy is ignore them and make them feel like they are invisible how they've been making your ass feel okay only time they see you is when it's time to shoot your ass so i'm telling you take erase them out of your consciousness whoever this person of hatred may be whoever this group may be erase them out of your consciousness make them a distant memory so that you can move forward and see everything in its majestic form everything in its natural state you want to be able to see things on a higher frequency but you you and that hatred is keeping you way down here amongst the slums okay and that lets me know that no matter how much you prosper, no matter how much you're awake, no matter how much you distance yourself from the bullshit and claim that you have the answers, you're still down here with the rest of the folk because you got somebody to be angry with. You got somebody to be mad at. You got everything to gain and nothing to lose by staying that way, you know? But I'm telling you, you'll have everything to lose everything to lose if you let that shit go let it go you don't need it you don't need you don't need them in your consciousness no more none of us do that's why they exist that's why they they live and they breathe kind of like a parasite a parasite is not there to be your fucking companion they're not there to be your friend or to help you a parasite is always there to destroy its host. That is its only function. It's not there for any other purpose. So by you trying to feed it sugar to keep it off of you, you think that's going to help you? No, you're just making it bigger. You're making it bigger. It's getting stronger so it can eat you more, you know? And and I believe that's that's how our relationship has been with the outside world. You know, and I'm telling y'all, start focusing inward. Start looking for relationships with your own people, man. Because they need you and you need them. That's the only way you're really going to grow. You know, I'm going to end it there. You know, I really, really appreciate Smitty coming through. Um, He has left the building. (laughs) Um, Check out the Black Tourist YouTube channel, y'all. I give you, you know, my my daily rants. Or whatever, but I also bring you some information like, you know, what's going on with these stimulus packages, what's happening with the Congress, and little things like that. Uh, so check it out, y'all. Until the oh, and don't forget to fave me on here. You know, y'all gotta hit the fave button, you know, so I can invite you to chit chat if you ever wanted to. If you don't, you don't have to, but if I send you a link, you know, you might get lucky, you might get one of those giveaways. So go ahead and fave the channel the uh, podcast channel and until next time be real and try to stay away from being disquietude okay disquietude stay out of that frame of thinking or that state of being I love y'all thank you for being here Peace and love.